Welcome to the Dallas Space Innovators Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Louder. Innovation comes in so many forms in so many different ways. We believe this entire Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex is covered with people innovating. We designed this podcast to highlight the innovative things those business leaders, entrepreneurs, creators, problem solvers, the real innovators are doing day in, day out. As always, this show is brought to you by my company, Louderco. We find companies' profits through artificial intelligence and better operations. Like when we helped a massive Fortune 500 company build out their AI strategy to create breakthrough new food and beverage categories. Or when we redesigned the operations of a $100 million services company to add $10 million in net profit to their bottom line. To learn more about us, head to our website, louderco.com. Be sure to download free guides and presentations like our Intro to Artificial Intelligence presentation, or see if your company's even ready for AI through our AI readiness assessment tool. We're about to get the show started. If you like what you hear, it would mean a lot to us if you subscribed and left us a review. And now, enjoy our guests and enjoy the show. All right, welcome to this special COVID-19 crisis episode of Dallas-Based Innovators brought to you by Louderco. I'm Andrew Louder. This is one of a few different recordings we're putting together to tackle different areas of concern in dealing with this coronavirus crisis. Our special guest today is Mike Courtney. He's a futurist and CEO of Perio Insights. I think he's the right person to talk to, especially for the question of, okay, what comes next? What will life look like after this coronavirus crisis comes to an end and we can finally get back to what will become our new normal? So, Mike, thank you so much for joining us here on the show today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. You bet. So I've got a line of questions, you know, in, in conversations I've had with uh, different clients, colleagues, you know, we've tossed around some of these thoughts. And so uh, let's just jump right into it. But you know, the first one I wanted to, to ask you, even I threw this, this term out just a moment ago, new normal, right? People have been saying this is a new normal for especially how we're going to be working from home or working remotely you know, going forward. Do you believe we're in a new normal at this point? You know, I, I, I think yes. But I would also say, think about this, Andrew. Think about the last time pre-COVID that you made some different decision, some different purchase choice. Maybe you changed the, you know, the brand of potato chips you buy or you, or you, or you signed up for new, some new service you hadn't used before. In that moment, in a very small way, that became your new normal. Hey, I'm going to switch from Lay's or Ruffles, and you can't talk mm-hmm. me out of it. Great, fine. So we're, we're, we're used to, as humans, we're used to constantly evolving to a new normal where we say, you know, I'm done with that color. I'm only going to buy this color shirts now or uh, this brand to that brand. So we're always, we're always uh, going from what we had to the new version of normal. The thing that makes this so unique, of course, is that so many things are different. Um, for so many people at the same time. So yeah, mm-hmm. are we living in a new normal right now? Yeah, I mean, today's reality is today's reality, but it, it only feels so weird because so much is changing and for so many people at the same time. 
Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I, I've kind of trying to look ahead and say, well, especially as it relates to this work from home concept, because it does reverberate a, a, across so many different people. Um, do you think this working from home actually helps or hurt you know, the concept of finding that work-life balance we all struggle so mightily to achieve? You know, a great question. I think depending on who you are and what what your experience has been before this event, that it could be either. Uh, uh, take my situation. I have a home off. I've had a home office for a long time, uh, and so I'm used to that. So for me, no big difference. Uh, and other people may have worked from home occasionally or just been well suited to it, uh, and they're 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 taking to it no worries. Other people, it's a big it's a big challenge. And not just because of the work from home part, but because of the work from home and perhaps having kids at home at the same time, which is very different than what many people have experienced. So, uh, yeah, depending on who you are, it, it can be easier or harder to accommodate. But I think for many people, it's still a temporary thing. I wouldn't say that because we're now working from home, uh, in part because we're forced to, right? We have to, we have to. Uh, you can't go into the office of a lot of people. Uh, it doesn't mean that everybody will remain there forever. Uh, things will change in the future. It's just, what do we go back to? Do we go back to something where some people go back to the office as if nothing happened or will things shift and it becomes more of a work at the office and more occasionally work from home uh, more frequently than you did before this event. Uh, that, that sounds about right. And I'll, I'll share kind of a personal anecdote. I personally feel like I'm so much more productive uh, being here at home. You know, it used to be um, I'd sit in traffic 45 minutes to an hour to get to where I needed to go. Uh, I'd drive to client meetings, you know, coffee meetings, networking events, whatever. I'd spend a good three to four hours um, in the car some days. And now being virtual, it's just like, bam, 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 just getting things done. Um, I'd be curious to see if others are, are experiencing that same thing. Yeah. I, I think some, some others are certainly experiencing that, but they're also experiencing the idea that, well, on, on some little issues, you used to be able to just pop your head up and ask somebody or catch them in a hallway or uh, catch them at the, at the copy machine and ask a quick question. Now, since those interactions don't occur, you've got to reach out with an email or a phone call or a chat. And or some of those interactions just may, may not happen anymore. Those little casual, hey, I just happened to run into you. Oh, that reminded me I was going to talk about X or Y. Um, so th there's pros and cons to both ways. Yeah. But this is what we have. I'm also thinking it, it may drive on a positive note, may drive people to become more autonomous, meaning, you know, they, they no longer will rely on their, you know, their colleague that's just 10 feet away or going to their boss's office for a question you know, just to get that quick, easy answer. Maybe now it's, it's an opportunity for people to be more you know, take more initiative in finding things on their own or even just being bolder maybe in, in some of the decision-making that, that comes with their job. Um, yeah. I, curious to see how that shakes out. I, I do think it's going to, again, we're already experiencing that it's changing communication patterns. The real question will be, will those communication patterns go back to the way they were 
once the, the, the virus threat is over or whether there'll be some new version, some new hybrid combined part of what we used to do and part of what we do now becomes the new the new normal. Right. Yeah, good point. So let's let's try to fast forward a bit here, Mike. I, we don't know when this is going to end. Let's say, I don't know, for sake of just um, timing this out, time boxing this. You know, what what are things going to feel like or look like here? You know, a, a year from now. You know, I was intrigued yesterday when we were just chatting. You brought up the concept of these three horizons. I love yeah. to hear you know hear you uh, chat that through here with our audience. Sure. So in Foresight, we commonly use the concept of three horizon or three horizon model where we say, well, let's first look at uh, what's in the first horizon. And right now I, I define the first horizon as saying the things that we're dealing with in spades, right? We're dealing with this, this health crisis, this COVID-19 issue. And that's, that's really top of mind for most people, many people around the world. The second horizon is really the financial implication. And again, many of us that are watching the markets and some of the pain and suffering that's happened there, uh, that's certainly the next horizon to say, okay, once we, once we solve COVID and it can either be treated or infections go down or it's, it's somehow quote, under control, we then have to focus more on the financial blowback of it bankruptcies, um, you know, job loss, uh, you know, spinning things back up again, logistics of replacing supply chains for, for vendors that no longer exist, uh, et cetera. But then the third horizon that comes after that is, is I think, the most exciting, the most interesting one. And that is, I think we're going to enter a five or 10 year period of just extreme innovation, because I think innovation comes about when we say, hey, I see an issue and I've got an idea as to how to make that better. For years and years, we've been in the mode of little teeny things that we try to say, ah, oh, there's a little bit of an issue here, some pain point here. Let's try to innovate some little small thing uh, that, that would resolve that. But now many people are going to think, feel, and act in dramatically different ways. This is a life event for most people in the world. And a life event typically is things like, hey, let's say you had a friend or family member that, that may have had cancer, been in a car accident, mm -hmm. um, uh, had some other thing, and, and, and maybe they survived it or maybe they didn't. But their family and the people around them, they, they, they change how they think and act. They say, well, you know, because of Uncle Joe had this, um, it made me really reevaluate re how I think or how I deal with my family or what I want to do for work or the, what my dreams are. We, we're familiar with when those things happen. That kind of event is basically happening for everybody. And because it's happening for everybody, I think the products we, 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 we buy, the services we use, the choices we make will shift not just in a little one-tenth of one percent uh, uh, like, like they had in the past where we're fighting for a little teeny share of market because we made a change. I think we're going to see five or 10 years of really big changes where people really step in and say, this is what people really want. And I'm going to make bigger changes and, and try to solve those, uh, uh, those, those wants, needs and desires. I think we're going to see huge innovation for a decade or so after we get through the phase one. The wave one, the health, the wave two, uh, uh, the financial uh, uh, blowback mm -hmm. uh, implications, and then we go into the innovation phase. 
Yeah, I was really intrigued by something you brought up yesterday, which was about really questioning five, 10 years from now, what will our homes actually look like and what will actually be considered um, a luxury, right? Yeah. Tell us more about that. That that was so intriguing yesterday. Yeah. So so I, I, I asked somebody yesterday, I was talking to a student yesterday, and I said, tell me the name of a luxury automobile brand, something that if you had money and you could buy anything would be a luxury. And she said, well, Mercedes. I said, well, how would you say Mercedes? Because why would you spend wow, 75 or 85 grand on a car that doesn't even have antimicrobial handles hmm. or an antimicrobial steering wheel? What if I go to valet this thing and some, somebody that I don't know, I don't know if they're healthy or not healthy and they're valet parking my car and they're touching my steering wheel. Why wouldn't the steering wheel be antimicrobial? And if they aren't, Hey, I'm buying a luxury car. Maybe I'll buy somebody else's. It is, and I think we're going to see facing those kind of product evolution and product innovations for a number of years, both in automobiles, but also in your home. If I'm going to buy a luxury home in the future, you have a choice. Do you want to? Do you want to maybe spend thirty-five grand or so on a media room? Media rooms are popular. Or in the future, might you say, you know? I don't want the media room as much as I want a room that maybe is an extra guest room that's extra sanitary, extra cleanable, and by the way, it might have a ventilator. Yeah, that's going to go a long way in the future. And even, you know, what about web conferencing and, you know, augmented reality? Do you see a shift there? Because, I mean, look, I, I think back, you know, even 15 years, uh, there hasn't been a ton of innovation, even just in, in web conferencing software or options there. Do you see a big leap forward out of them? I think we're going to see some some changes that are more visible. I, I would argue the next, the last 10, 15 years, we had changes, but they're more on the infrastructure side to make sure we didn't get dropped as much or the call quality was better. Um, and there are a lot of features out there that people just don't use, right? I know I use a lot of video conferencing tools that have all sorts of bells and whistles that I don't necessarily use. I think this is going to be a great opportunity for those video conference platforms to really hear from a lot of new users to say, hey, I'm sort of new to using this as much as we are now, and here's what I don't like, or here's what would make it better for me. So again, new users that look at things differently than maybe the old diehard Zoom and Skype users, uh, and they're going to demand different things, and somebody's going to give it to them. I mean, more and more people now are finding that little uh, feature in Zoom where you can change your background to be some image. And somebody the other day also said that I think it was Zoom or one of the others could actually make it appear like you're wearing makeup when you weren't or all sorts of other little things. Wow. So not saying that the, 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 those visual things are actually you know, needed, but all sorts of little differences are possible. And I think we'll see lots of innovation in that realm as well. How about just lasting impacts in human behavior? Like right now, it's it's kind of funny to you see you see a friend, a colleague, and rather than shaking hands, for example, now you're doing kind of the fist bump or even elbow taps. Do you see us moving to that you know, forever? And you know, is that something that's just going to change us completely? Uh, what are your thoughts around some of those types of behaviors and that could be changing with us? You know, this is one of those things where we really don't necessarily know. We can we, we, we can guess and we can look at what's happened in the past 
and, and think through the scenarios. And the example that really comes to mind, Andrew, is when, we, when, when TV first came about, TV didn't kill radio. TV was in addition to it, right? It, was, mm-hmm. it, wasn't an, it wasn't this or that. It was this and that. And then same thing with YouTube and all the other things. Didn't mean the TV went away or radio went away. It was just another and. And I think the same thing for greetings will happen, that we're going to have different ways to greet each other and different people may prefer one way versus another. Uh, I think it's interesting to think of this as a question. If after the, 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 the health part of this, the, the medical concern is, is, is under control and either they've got a cure or a way to treat it or it's no longer being uh, uh, actively passed around, will more people still retain the, mm, yeah, it's sort of over, but I'm going to still maintain distance and not shake hands? Right. Or, will we, or will we want that human connection so much that we're going to walk into meetings and hug everybody? <laughs> You yeah, never, take it, that it could exact go either way. Approach. Yeah. Good. Right. It could go either way for different people. I mean, and, and especially youth today that are social distancing themselves at a time when they're used to be really, really social. So some of those youth may go back into the world of, okay, it's not dangerous to be in crowds anymore and still feel sort of uh, uh, hesitant to be in a crowd because of, of going through this. And others may say, I want to be in a crowd with as many people as I can possibly jam myself into Mm -hmm. just to feel that connection and being near people because they missed it so much. I think some people opt for one end, some for the others, most in the middle. Interesting. So I'll tell you where I struggle with kind of looking ahead as a consultant, as a service provider, I'm thinking about the CEOs and the implications to their businesses where they're going to, you know, kind of where their priorities may lie once we start seeing the uptick again in the economy. Uh, I'd love to get a glimpse, if you may, into uh, your process for thinking about these f- potential future impacts or changes. You know, what, if you may, like, just how do you go about doing that? What are some of the data points you look to and I mean, I, I'm just so amazed, fascinated by your, how you're able to come up with these things. and um, It's incredible. Well, so, so here's what I would say is that for years, I mean, certainly since we climbed out of the 0809, you know, uh, uh, issues we had before, that, you know, for the past decade or so, things have been on a nice, nice upward slope. And when business is good, we tend to focus on some things and not others. Maybe over the past five, eight years, we weren't as sensitive to employees' needs when they had issues. Maybe some companies mm-hmm. were, some weren't. In this day and age, how, how you communicate with your employees becomes that much more important, and people will remember it. Again, when they're in times of stress and, 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 and confusion and fear, if, if their workplace communicates one way versus another, that might be a really lasting memory that causes somebody to say, I will stay with this company because of how they treated me. And others may say, I will leave this company as soon as I can because of how they treated me. Um, but I think going forward, it's more about, uh, again, we have to get through the, 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 the first horizon and the second horizon of the health crisis, mm-hmm. the financial crisis. And then after that, it's going to be a long, steady, well, not necessarily perfectly up growth, but right. you know, a, a long jagged road up. There's a, there's a saying that we say in finance that's we come down the elevator, but we go up the stairs. And 
right now we're coming down the elevator. A lot of things, people are, you know, sliding down the mountain financially. Uh, and it's, and it's having big impact on, on, on the world we live in uh, and the businesses we run. But once, once the sliding stops, once the avalanche is, you know, you know, dust is settled, now we're going to begin that slow step by step up. And that's for people that, that do the type of things we do, uh, help, help, help organizations think through strategy, help think through the tactics, help through the operations, the research, um, uh, the engineering, the innovation. We're, we're, we're going to have to just every day go in and help climb up a step at a time, a step at a time. And, and I think, I think we'll be just fine. We just have to get through these first two phases, the health part, the financial part, and then, start to get our footing again and start to climb back up that mountain. Yeah. I just, I love how you've broken it into those three horizons. It, after hearing it, it, it just feels so natural. So yeah, of course, that's, those are the things we're going to need to overcome and how we'll, we'll get there. But even just packaging it up like that, talking about it like that, I think kind of almost gives hope, you know, it's, you don't know how long these issues are going to last, but you know, we're going to get through them and there's going to be a new normal that comes out of it. I, yeah. I think uh, we, you've got to start getting that, that three horizon message out in the, the minds of many uh, to yeah. start really it, thinking that way. And again, it's just one way to think about things, but again, this is, and I can't stress it enough, Andrew, this is a major life event for many people across the world and it's going to cause people to rethink what they want to do what they should do um and we're going to be different consumers because of it we're going to be different co-workers because of it we're going to be different um business people because of it so we have to take that into consideration we have to start to think okay what will really matter in the future and people will make different choices because of this and and again think back to the Great Depression. Think back to the 1929, mm -hmm. 1930 Depression, and think of the people that lived through that, but were permanently changed because of it. That think about what they felt in the 50s and 60s, maybe having then become successful and then been doing really well, and yet despite the fact that they had plenty of money, the things were very well, and, and the economies were good, they would still roll up that tinfoil and save it in a drawer because they remembered a time when they didn't have tinfoil. Um, so right. I think it, it changes their mindset forever, and I think this is an event that will change our mindset forever. And maybe that means that, hey, the houses that are built five years from now aren't going to have a normal pantry. They're going to have a triple-sized pantry with a third of it reserved just for toilet paper. Um, who knows? Uh, but I think we will change what we value, what we prioritize, and that will show itself in different products and services. And again, maybe to the good. Maybe to, to the next time some issue comes along, we're like, well, we know most of the people, at least that have the new houses or even the old houses that shop a different way, everybody's mm -hmm. got a supply of X or everybody has this or knows what to do in case of Y. Yeah, it really has me thinking about a few different things, generations um, and even just how they see the world, right? We always hear about boomers and millennials, how different they are. Even Gen Zers coming up, you know, in the research I've done on them, you, you hear, you see a lot about how their mindset is different because they were young when the financial crisis hit back in 08, 09, and that mm -hmm. changed their mindset. I'm really kind of looking at my kids right now and thinking, okay, how is this going to impact them going forward? 
or even people that are in college right now and, and they're not getting that that as high, you know, this is arguable, but as high of quality of um, education because they're taking it online, is that going to hurt them in their career down the line? Or are we going to see a dip in talent levels here in the, the next year or so? Um, be curious to see how that pans out. I, I think you can look at these things as there's pros and cons to all of it. Right? Yeah. I mean, th- think about the kids that are because we've been on conference calls with, with, with people the, this past few weeks and met all sorts of family members that we never knew. It's like, oh, I didn't know you had three kids. I had two, you know, um, but right. think about how, how much better those kids now understand what mom or dad does and what work is it's like, well, I knew mom and dad had jobs and I knew they left the house and would do things and come back and sometimes complain about it, sometimes <laughs> brag about it. Didn't really know what they did. Now I do. I've been doing my homework and playing games in the background uh, while dad's on all these calls. I get a sense of what that's about. That's fantastic. That's really great. Yeah, and the same great. thing for students that might say, hmm, they may learn how to be self-sufficient and again, adapt to change because that's the one thing that we can expect for a current student the rest of their life is that there will be things that are unexpected that are changed. And if they can learn how to deal with it now when they're in the relatively uh, a safe environment of being a student, that's a good thing. So I think everything can have a positive as well as potential negatives. I think we just have to amplify those, those positive experiences. And again, there's people that uh, families that are probably spending more time together these past few weeks than they'd ever really spent quality time in a long time. So that's, that can be perhaps a really good thing and perhaps lead to a need for counseling for others. <laughs> that's right. You know, it, I think if I have one takeaway from this conversation, it's that I, I'm hearing it's, there's going to be pros and cons. You know, I think uh, for me anyway, I tend to, to meander into the cons, right? But hey, there's a lot of pros that are going to come out of this. There's a lot of adapting that's going to come out of this. And even, I would think, and correct me if I'm off on this, but the people that are more willing to adapt to this are the ones that'll go, that'll ultimately come out ahead of it, right? Yeah. And that's been the case, I think, throughout humanity, really. You know, I mean, the, the, the people throughout, who, the, throughout time, throughout the time that humans have been on this earth that didn't adapt to change, we don't have a lot of their, uh, their, their great, 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 great grandkids running around. Cause by the way, they didn't have right. to change and they probably didn't do as well. They didn't, you know, so we've always had change. It's just rarely been this much at once for as many. Um, but we will get through it. There's always change. We'll, we'll handle it. It's tough for a lot of people. And I don't discount that there's people that are losing their jobs. Now there's people that uh, are, are in, you know, uh, dire uh, medical conditions. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of horrible things going on right now. And yet there's a lot of positive things that could come out of it. We just have to look for those and amplify those. And, and, and again, we can create the future. We just have to work towards that. I think it's definitely, it's definitely an interesting time to, to, to be aware of what's going on and aware of the fact that we have choices and we need to just rethink some of the choices we will make. Yeah, that's a great takeaway, Mike. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm all out of questions. Is there anything else weighing on your mind, perhaps, that you'd love to share with us? Um, you know, if we go back to, uh, you had said something earlier about working from home and how you really like working from home, and I know some people don't. Yeah. The conversation we had yesterday I thought was interesting is that if 
let's say that you're uh, you're an accountant and I was a I was a an engineer. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't expect you uh, to do engineering and you wouldn't expect me to do accounting and yet all the engineers doesn't mean all the engineers should be happy to be in an office or that they should all be happy to work from home. I can think, think of the future. We might have, regardless of which department you work in or which function you're in, we might have those that say, hey, I'm one of the engineers in the engineer group and I really like to work from home. Great. You're going to mainly work from home. And other people may say, you know, I'm one of the engineers in the department and I really don't like working from home. I'm not really good there. Great. You're going to mainly work at the office. Um, so I think in the future, uh, that we can have the best of both worlds for what people really prefer and put them in the environment that makes the most sense for them. And I think, again, that's one of the positive things that can come out of this. Many companies have been in the, hey, we're not really sure telecommuting is a great thing for us and resisted it. Others were, well, others had been in it for a while, but I think now that everybody's had to experience jumping in the pool, that some are going to be like, you know, the water's actually pretty good here and, and it's okay if we... <laughs> come in and out of the pool at will. And and I think we'll see differences in terms of what's acceptable in an office. Maybe more people say, hey, you know, your, your cat's been on every video call we've had this past week. So in the future, if we go back to the office, maybe you do bring your dog to work occasionally or even bring your kid to work and put them in a conference room and scribble on a whiteboard while you have some, some meetings for the day if you don't have anywhere else uh, for that, that, that kid to be. And we won't, we won't think of it as being as odd because we've gone through this experience that said, okay, we can still handle this and we can, we can do the, the and construct or and versus uh, one or the other. I love that, especially you know, as an introvert, if you don't really enjoy going to the, the office, right? Just if you're more productive at home and you know, feel more comfortable there, that's right? yeah, something that needs to be explored and considered. Yeah. yeah. And, or vice versa. Uh, you know, yeah, absolutely. And the thought too is, I was talking with a, a friend about this just the other day, which is how is all of this going to impact uh, company culture? You know, does this actually reduce potentially the the toxic relationships or toxic uh, conversations being held at the water cooler? You know, hopefully uh, this reduces that, or or maybe it, it means you just need to be this much more intentional about your culture and giving people certain uh, opportunities that maybe you didn't think about um, in the previous paradigm. But uh, yeah, yeah this will this will be really interesting to see how things shape up. Yeah, company culture will absolutely change in part because to change company culture, and we we've talked about this and dealt with this on projects for years, where companies are like, "Hey, I really want to change our company culture in this way," and the hardest part is to get people to stop doing the things that they are currently doing. It's really tough to stop that object in motion. Um, but now so many things are not being done the way they used to be done. So a lot of things are up for change. Uh, so I think this allows us to change company culture in leaps and bounds, if only because we, we've, we've unfrozen the way that we used to do it, where we didn't want to change anything and things have to change. So now before they right. get refrozen in a new, in a new, in a new position, we can say before it refreezes, let's change some other things, then let it refreeze and, and be the thing that we don't want to change ever again. Um, so this is the time to change company culture and reinforce the parts of your culture that you really want to see uh, be there for the long term and try to try to 
edit out the things that you didn't that that weren't good about your company culture. Right. This is yeah. the time to make those changes. That's um, such a great point. Yeah, yeah. is uh, what, what you're reminding me of is the concept and change management of burning the boats. Right, there's no going yep. back. You've got to look ahead. And then, um, you know, in a couple of my clients, we were already taking action towards some cost savings measures. Um, not necessarily related to job cuts, but just, you know, things that just got out of, out of control. And I'm looking at them saying, now is the perfect time to roll these out because whereas a month or two ago, you're likely going to roll these out with a lot of frustration, a lot of angst with the, from your employees. Now they're looking yeah. at it as like, okay, the company's being really smart right now. They're taking the right steps to keep things going. Um, and, and, you know, reduce costs, that sort of thing. And so, yeah, this opportunity, this presents a wonderful opportunity to drive certain changes. You're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. Again, there's a okay. lot of opportunity because of this disruption, a lot of pain and suffering because of it, but there's a lot of opportunity as well. And I think this is our time to grab a hold of that opportunity and, and let's put our effort into where the opportunity is because the more opportunity we can uncover and, and nurture and grow means that we can get more people back to work and help, help develop reserves for the next event that may happen. Cause this COVID-19 doesn't, doesn't mean that because this is happening that we won't have earthquakes and tornadoes and floods and fires That's and right. other issues that commonly disrupt the world. All those th- things can still happen on top of this. So this is a good opportunity to let's grow where we can. Let's try to work through it and maybe have reserves in, in, uh, ready when the next event hits that could also be unexpected. Um, and, and remember how people organize and how they came together, whether it's to try to hack ventilators or, or get different manufacturers to switch over their lines to make masks. We'll remember those things and say, if the next thing happens and, you know, let's say it's maybe something in the water and we need water filters or mm-hmm. maybe something happens 10 years from now and we need some other gear. We'll remember these times and say, ah, this is what works. Let's, let's go and, and be able to more quickly address the needs and the issues and, and keep the boat afloat and in the right direction so that people don't have as much pain and suffering. Right. Uh, along those lines, I'm I'm really grateful. I've been, you know, me. I'm I'm really big into artificial intelligence. I've been researching a lot how AI is uh, being utilized to fight coronavirus, and it's just incredible. I think, you know, the the speed in which AI moves and the speed in which it can analyze data and predict things and really help. You know, I'll give an example. Um, certain some companies are using AI to come through thousands and thousands of medical research papers to help figure out, okay, what F- already FDA approved drugs might be out there that can help thwart this, um, thwart COVID-19 from spreading. And let's find those. And so rather than starting with a list of a thousand, now they're whittling it down to potentially you know, six to 10 potential solutions. And you know, all that to say, I'm, I'm so grateful AI is around today to do these type of things. You know, five years ago, that likely would not have been the case, right? Yeah, no, exactly. And I think we're going to see, there are going to be lots of case studies that come out of this disruption where we see where AI was put to the test to say, well, let's try it. Let's see what they can do. And we're going to see lots of examples where it helped us working together with humans, uh, man Mm -hmm. plus machine, 
that AI was a tool that you know we used to 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 make faster progress than we would have had otherwise, and we're going to get better right. and better at using those tools. And the next event that comes around, whether it's in a year or ten years. We'll, we'll be that much better prepared to attack it using all the tools we have, man and machine. That's right. I love it. Mike, I think I could talk to you forever, man. <laughs> I, I, love it. It when, I love it when we're able to get together and talk. I hate that it's under these circumstances, but uh, no, I can't thank you enough for making the time. I know it's a, it's a, there's a lot of chaos going on out there. You have your own business that you're you're tending to and your clients that you're tending to. So I'm really honored that you were willing and able to make the time for us today. My pleasure. If there's anybody that listens to this, even in the future that wants to, uh, uh, wants to connect with me and, and, and get yeah. some time to think through the issues they're having from the mindset of the futurists and some of the friends I have, they're also in strategic, into strategic foresight. We're happy to, again, even if you listen to this a year or two from now, reach out, say hi, mm -hmm. and we're always happy to, 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 to bounce things around and just be a sounding board as to what, what the future might be. I mean, the, the future needs us all more than ever. No, you're absolutely right. And I'll tell you, even our conversation yesterday really um, did a couple of things for me, it helped calm me a bit, and it also got me really trying to think more in advance, right, rather than just being in the now. And um, I know that's a gift you provide all your clients uh, when you guys meet and think through these things. So Aperio um, Insights, what, can you give us that website? And we'll, we'll post it in the, the meeting notes, but what's, what's the website for folks to be able to go check that out? Uh, it's just Aperio Insights, Aperio spelled A-P-E-R-I-O, Aperio Insights. Aperio is a Latin term that means to reveal, uncover, and make clear. And that's what we're All trying right. to do. So, and, awesome. and I would say, though, Andrew, that I think it's equally important to think about the future as it is to live in the moment. I don't want to say you shouldn't live in the moment and shouldn't, you know, uh, mm -hmm. uh, be present in the moment. That's truly critical. I think both. It's, again, it's the and, not the or. Live in the moment, but also consider and think through possibilities for the future. We need both. We need, we need everybody to work together because uh, we all have different things that we bring to the, to the equation. That's awesome. Mike, again, thank you so much um, for imparting your wisdom on, uh, with us here today on the show. My pleasure. Thanks so much. Stay safe. You bet. You bet. Thank you all for listening to the Dallas Space Innovators podcast brought to you by Louderco. I'm Andrew Louder, signing out. That's our show for today. We hope you took away something valuable. Be sure to visit Louderco at louderco.com for more. Thank you again, and stay tuned for more from Dallas-based innovators.